0: Hi, I'm Mena Karaman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel, from the Globe and Mail. Despite its initial successes in the war, Ukraine is losing ground in the eastern part of the country, as Russia's invasion drags on. There's been heavy fighting in the Donbass region, particularly around the city of Severodonetsk. According to the region's governor, at least 70% of the city is now under Russian control, and as the fighting intensifies, people are fleeing. More than 13 million people have left their homes in Ukraine since the start of the war, according to the UN. But many of them need help getting out, especially children, the elderly, and people with disabilities. That's where Mikola Kuleba is stepping in.
1: Uh, I cannot leave behind these these children because it is a purpose for my for all my life. And I am wake up and go to sleep with the thoughts about these families, these children. And I found myself in this work.
0: Mykola is the former Children's Ombudsman of Ukraine, and he's now the head of an organization called Save Ukraine. He's been coordinating evacuation missions all over the country, and right now, those are focused in the eastern region. He's here to tell us what that work looks like and what kind of toll being in the middle of a war zone is taking on the country's most vulnerable. This is The Decibel. Mikola, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
0: Now, you've been working in the eastern part of, of Ukraine recently. Can you tell us what is it, what is it like there right now?
1: Um, do you know word nightmare?
0: Hmm. It is
1: about east of Ukraine because for a lot of people, they have no possibilities. It's a lot of low-income families. They have no cars they go to basements and they, because they're afraid to be killed. Uh, a lot of people run away, fleeing from, from the war. After the first hours, they trying to reach uh, safety regions. Uh, but not all people understand how to do this. Not, a, a lot of people really afraid to be killed and they go to the basements and it's hard to agree with them to left their buildings mm-hmm. and uh, one family i rescued from metro station in kharkiv and 2 hours i talked with the lady and with her 4 years old uh, child and then a grandmother came and i talked with them why you don't want because they told me we will be killed i don't okay but if you we safely deliver you to safety zone they they told no we we don't believe Uh, and we for two months never been in in the fresh air we never
0: wow two months go go
1: go out because after the shelling's we run here to the metro station And we sit here because we are afraid. And after two hours, they agreed uh, to to go with us and they are in safety now. And it is only one story. We have a lot of stories. When we uh, evacuate people every day, it's up to 500 people from combat zones.
0: Every day, 500 people every day.
1: Yes, we have... Uh, special vehicles armored vehicles we have ambulances we have buses vans and uh, our cars our teams work in, in combat zones now and we evacuate uh, up to 500 people that from from combat zone but a lot of people stay there Hmm. they don't want
0: they don't want to necessarily go and i want to ask you about about this region specifically in a city called severodonetsk severodonetsk yeah uh, and the governor of the luhansk region where this where this city is he said earlier this week that the evacuation of the city is impossible now at this mm-hmm. point because it is under such an intense bombardment from the russian russian army what what does that mean for the people in that city right now
1: it's mean that uh, they are hostages because uh, Russians are shelling that territory, and uh, these people have to sit in the basements till the time when it will be possible to be evacuated. But we work in Severodonetsk a long time from the war beginning. We work in this town. And we evacuate maybe some some thousand people from, from there, maybe two or three thousand people, uh, especially families, because our priorities is the elderly and families with the orphans, foster families, and families with children with disabilities.
0: So these are people who cannot get out on their own, then they actually need your help physically to leave.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, Russians uh, shooting in any vehicle now because the road uh, there is shooted by russians and uh, maybe last 10 days we not evacuate people from severinetsk because it's it's very dangerous
0: and so can you help me understand then this is a, sounds like a major operation you have a lot of people that are in, in need of your help when you get to a, a place like this when you get to a, a town or city at first how do you know who needs rescuing
1: <laughs> because every day we we go in there and our workers talk with the people ask them to leave unsafe places and um, it depends of um, how huge challenges are because if it, it is not so dangerous people sit there but it, it is if it is very dangerous with no no water or food people better agree to be evacuated mm-hmm. and because every day we going to to hot spots and we give food and water and we ask people to leave unsafe places and every day we have somebody who call to us and and say Oh we are sitting in that basement please come to us on, on that address mm-hmm. please save us from from that basement and we are going there and uh, we ask people to be ready for exactly that time we we can come but it, it could couldn't happen if challenges very hard
0: so you have to wait till the shelling dies down a little bit so you yeah, can actually yeah, yeah. safely go in.
1: yeah we are planning our uh, rescue operations carefully because it is not safety for our teams too and we really care about uh, people who we responsible for and uh, r- they really trust us and for us planning these operations very important to save uh, people's lives that's why we are waiting for less shellings that's why i told you severdonesk it's uh, it's it's impossible for evacuations that, that, that's why we we are working in the other cities where shellings too but a risk to be killed is less than in Severodonetsk or lisychansk
0: Hmm. I imagine it's it's an added challenge if you know people have if mobility issues if the kids can't walk very far. Could you could you give us an example of of someone that you did go in and rescue? And I guess the challenges of how you actually get these people out of those danger zones.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I cannot tell you all details how we are planning this, but I'm I'm telling you that a lot of times i i spoke with the families with the children it is not easy because you have no enough time to have this conversation because if you have this this short time to go there and grab these people to our car or bus we have armored buses Uh, when we agree to to we with the families when somebody called to us we go in there and we trying to spend some time with the others to explain them how it's dangerous to argue arguing them why they should go to a safety place. A lot of people have no money, they have no, no possibilities, financial possibilities, and they're afraid that if they leave that basement where maybe they have some food, it will, they will not survive. Mm-hmm. Or uh, they will not survive when they go out from the basement and sit in, in, in the transport. And uh, the other people have uh, they so so traumatized that it's really fear. it's it's inside them. they they're really afraid. And when we t- tell them and um, to argue that you can safely, and how we can do this with you, they, they don't want to hear anything, they only see it, just some days ago, I talked with one family, who were in a hot spot, and Russians were around, and they, their father was killed, and the mother with two children ran away through the shellings, and the it was hard to talk with them. Really, they were so, so huge traumatized that it was hard to, to tell them something uh, and to explain them something. They were afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're in safety place and our uh, team work with them.
0: Mikola, how dangerous is this work for, for you and your volunteers?
1: um it's it's quite dangerous it's it's very dangerous yeah we we really have good teams and we they are very brave yeah to to go but they are brave enough not to have huge risk for their lives yeah because it is not good we we had some uh, cases where our drivers were killed uh, on the challenge because it was not s- safe place to stop. They stopped. They stopped their buses. It was five buses and Russians uh, found them and uh, their missiles totally destroyed cars and two mm. drivers died and the other three were in in the hospital and the the. the they are alive but it, it was so dangerous yeah, yeah for
0: them yeah this is it's it sounds like it's it is very dangerous work and they 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 know that when they go in but they know it's important yeah. how, how many volunteers do you have and how big is your organization
1: oh <laughs> if about volunteers we have uh, up to 300 volunteers all over ukraine and we have our, our staff is uh, close 70 people, it's a staff of Save Ukraine and we have 15 hubs in Western Ukraine and Eastern Ukraine because in Eastern Ukraine, our hubs uh, work for evacuations and they have teams, rescue teams who go to combat zones every day and deliver people to Western Ukraine where our hubs have accommodation, have food. And uh, in our 15 hubs, we have up to 1,500 people a month. Mm-hmm. But then we are trying to find the best solution for them for housing. Mm-hmm. And more people go to abroad.
0: So it sounds like you get people out of the danger zones, maybe to a hub, and then from there, you take them maybe further west or to another country where they can, they can be safe?
1: Yes, yes. And our last families was from combat zones uh, with a child. They have two children and aunt. It's five people. Uh, after Russians came very close, and it was very huge shellings, and they go to basements and they sat one week in, in, in their basement, but they have a child, 12 years old boy, who has, who has severe cerebral palsy. And they, they found one volunteer with a car, and he drive to our team, and uh, our team de- deliver them to Wallin region, and we, we place them to this shelter and uh, how this family happy. It's, 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 a, it's a home for them with everything inside. And it is example how effectively we can work to evacuate a family and give them accommodation.
0: I want to ask you a little bit more about your work with children because I know you have, as you said in your previous role, you've done a lot of work with kids. Um, I can imagine this is probably a pretty emotional part of your, your work too, uh, especially when you're dealing with kids that are being sent away to safety on their own if their parents can't come with them. What are, what are some things, I guess, when you see parents having to say goodbye to their kids in those moments, what are, what are, those, what are those times like?
1: Mm. <laughs> My English not so well to explain you in details what I'm feeling every day when I see these circumstances in combat zones, in safety places, these families. But it is a tragedy of our Ukrainian nation, and I can I I cannot stay. Uh, I cannot left behind these these children because it is a purpose for my for all my life and uh, I'm am, I'm am wake up and go to sleep with the thoughts about um, about these families these children and I, I I found myself in this work to saving children's lives and um, for me it is so important like like to eat every day or uh, drink water and uh, to help somebody and uh, it's not because i'm so good so cool no no not at all but because around us so nice people so passionate people because it's about a child is a value it's about the dignity it's about rights of 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 human of children and for our team it's it, it's so important to to save our our country that's why name of our organization save ukraine because we it's our dream we focused on on this every day and that's why we are so effective in our work every day.
0: Mikola, this is clearly not an easy job that you're doing. It's it's a very emotional time as well. Can I ask what what sort of toll is this is this having on you personally and and, and how do you stay motivated?
1: <laughs> I have one recipe. I am a believer, I am a Christian. And God knocked to my heart more than 20 years ago and I understood that Mm, why I should do this work every day and in the morning after a hard day and hard night, sometimes I sleep for four hours, three hours at night because it's a lot of work. But my motivation is, is my faith, God strengthening me every day. It is why I am doing this work. Uh, 30 years ago i i spent my life for nothing but now i have a happy family i have children but my family is refugees my wife and my four children now in canada
0: your family is in canada now
1: one yes one week ago they came to canada because before that they lived in Ukraine in refugee camp. Uh, but because I'm in the blacklist of Putin from the 2015 as a politician, it is not safety for them to live in Ukraine. And that's why my friends invited them to live in Toronto. And one week they stay in Toronto now. And I'm very miss them. And they very miss me. And it is a horrible. I love Toronto, I love Canada. But it is a horrible to, to live separately. It is a horrible that war divided us. We were happy to live in Kiev. But it is not safety place for our children anymore.
0: This work that you're doing now then with, with helping families get to safety and, and hopefully keeping them safe, you're at, you are feel this very viscerally then because you know what it's like to be apart from your family and, and to, to miss your kids and your wife.
1: Yes, yes, yes. But uh, my wife decided work with refugees, Ukrainian refugees in Canada and help them because she's a psychologist, she's a counselor, she can do this work effectively to help the others yeah that's why i'm working here she worked there and we believe soon we will be together when we will win in this war
0: mikola thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and, and please st- stay safe and take care
1: thank you so much god bless you
0: that's it for today i'm mena karam Wilms. Our summer producer is Zara Kuzema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pacenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.